Tommy boy. Michael. You still have Eye of the Tiger? The eye, baby. I got up this morning and I exercised first thing, and here I am feeling great all over again. I don't know what was up yesterday because I did the exact same thing and I felt like crap. But, hey, it's on again, off again. But every day for me, hopefully it's on again every day with that good feeling of exercise. I want to encourage everybody to get moving. Okay. Well, now that you're in such a good mood, I'm going to bring that mood down a little bit because... Guess what they found in some American beers? Not all, but some. And a couple wines, Behringer, some other ones. Guess what they found, Thomas? No clue. Traces of herbicide found in the weed killer Roundup. No. Now, they say Wait the a level- minute. Give me that list of wine again. Well, the, the only wine that they said was Behringer. Did you ever hear of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's but, in Knights Valley right. in, in California. Right. They say the levels detected were below limits set by the EPA. But, but still, you don't want any. When they say trace levels, that, to me, I don't believe a word they say. Do you? When it comes to the government, there's certain things I believe and certain things I don't believe. But if the EPA, which is extremely conservative now, if they're saying it, it's probably 10 times worse than it really is, right? Yeah. I'm going to turn on the Google machine here. You do that. Yeah, because that's got me worried. You know, they should also test other foods as well. You know, farmers have been spraying crops with Roundup for years as a ripening agent. Did you know that? A ripening agent? They do that to ripen the plants. Did you know that? I did not. You know, it also turns the frogs gay, this Roundup. It does? It does. (laughs) I don't believe that. You haven't seen any gay frogs in your backyard? Well, you know, you do have a point. Yeah, did you see them hopping around? I did see one... Hopping on top of, a, of another, another one. one of the same sex. I That's did right. see that, you know, and you know how you know a frog is a male or a female, don't you? How do you know? I don't know. I was thinking you'd have a funny joke for no, that. No, I don't. But, but come well, on, man. What kind of comedian are you? I just want to know what level of poison is acceptable today? What do you think? I would say zero. When I read a story like this, I say, this is population control, everybody. Go back to bed. It's just population control. We have to weed out the population every now and then. I'm going to find out. I am going to find out what California wines. It could be all of them. Right. I don't know. But then that begs the question, okay, where can I buy wine in the world? Italy. Or France. That's right. That doesn't use Roundup. Australia. South America. Argentina makes some good wines. Chile makes some good wines. No, Chilean wines I'm not fond of. But I would argue that a lot of those countries don't even have the standards that we have. But I would think that Italy and France would have very high standards. I'm going to do some research and get back to you. What do you think is worse, having traces of Roundup or some smelly feet that those Italians do when they stomp in those grapes? Give me the smelly feet every time. Really? And give me those Italians that pee on their tomatoes, too. Yeah, definitely. So this spring, if I can't finish a beer, I'm just going to pour it out all over my weeds. See what happens. (laughs) Right? Tom and Mike. You're a romantic, I'm a romantic. This guy in Wales is not a romantic. He bought his girlfriend an engagement ring that was way too small because she was a fatso. And this was his way of saying, you can get this ring to fit if you lose some weight. Men are pigs, aren't they? That was mean. And guess what? Revenge is the best served cold or whatever they say. She not only got rid of him as a boyfriend, she lost 66 pounds so she's gone from fatty to hottie. Yeah, the best weight loss there is. It's motivation, spite and motivation, isn't it? Yeah. So now she's hot and he's not. That's right. Can you imagine a guy going up to a girl, you're in love with her, you want to marry her, 
So you buy an engagement ring way too small for those little chubby fingers of hers and says, you know, when you can fit in this ring, I'll give it to you. It's so mean, but, you know, truth be told, she's probably glad it turned out that way, right? Yeah, probably. I would have used this duct tape on her mouth. That's what I would have done. No. Little duct tape. We say big thumbs down to that guy in Wales who, who was a chubby chaser at one time, and now he's just a lonely guy, right? And thank God for that. Tom and Mike. Some group called the National Resources Defense Council did a study, and they found that Americans are using too much toilet paper, and it's harming the planet. And do you know we're using so much toilet paper, the average American uses three rolls a week. That's a lot of toilet paper, isn't it? Not this family. I'm guessing... Uh, the bidet is going 24-7, my friend. I'm guessing the occupant in the White House is skewing that average, isn't he? I understand he uses extra when he tweets. Does he? Yeah. Executive time gone wild. <laughs> Logging camps are clear-cutting more than a million acres every year, mostly in Canada. They're wiping out Canadian forests for our toilet paper, Thomas. No. What do Canadians use? Branches from pine trees? Come on! And we all know how painful that can be. You know, when I hear a story like this, I say three words. Let's go bidet. Yes, and I love my bidet. Yes. Or in a pinch, go with the Yellow Pages. You ever do that? (laughs) They're not around anymore, bud. Where you been? You know, we're hearing about this green deal. We need a brown deal, pal. You think? Yeah. You know, the trick is the one square per person. And use both sides. You know that, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, everybody should have a bidet. Right. Mandatory. In your next home, Mikey, <laughs> you got to have a bidet. I'm your bidet bidet. Do you know that in China, in public restrooms, they actually have a camera that takes your picture, only dispenses so much, so it, it uh, recognizes faces. So if you overused your toilet paper, they have a picture of it. How about that? They're so doing they something. take you away if you're not on the bidet. Right. <laughs> so in addition to not heating our homes, not flying, not using any plastic, now we can't use wipe our backsides because of this problem, Thomas. Here's what I always wonder too. Why does toilet paper need advertising? Like who's not buying this stuff? Do they really need to advertise for toilet paper? Yeah, you want the softest. So you got to know which one is the softest. Honestly, the most creative commercials on TV, I would think, are the toilet paper ads and, of course, the insurance commercials. So I think we got to figure out a way to morph the two together. What do you think? I guess, but I'm still scratching my head why America uses more toilet paper than anybody else. Because we're full of more than anybody? Whoa, whoa. You can't say that on your... <laughs> I can't say that. You can't say that. Want to beep that? Tom and Mike. Researchers in Denmark have found, you'll find this interesting, I hope you will, that kids growing up near vegetation, trees, green spaces, associated with happier adulthood, meaning that people that grow up around green grass, that kind of stuff, had a 55% lower risk of mental health disorders when they become adults. Do you believe that? So people that grow up in big cities or the concrete jungles, right? they're quite often cray-cray. Yep. The researchers said that something about being exposed to our nature environment might have powerful physiological and psychological effects as we grow older. Explains perfectly those Trump kids, right? Yeah. There's a thing now called, did you ever hear of this? It's called forest bathing, where you treat to nature where it can actually boost your immunity and mood and decrease your blood pressure. It says there are compounds found in trees you inhale, like something like cedar wood oils, lead to small reduction in blood pressure. How about that? So if you're feeling a little stressed out, you get in a drive, you go into the country, go walk into the woods, make sure you 
you're safe and everything, and just take in the whole scenery. How about that? So that's just giving me an idea to cheat on my next physical. You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Right before I go to the doctor's office, I'm going to go deep into the woods and just breathe deeply. What do you think? (laughs) They said that walking in a city and walking in the woods, both activities require small amounts of physical activity, but forest walking led to significant reductions in blood pressure and stress hormones. This no pre- kidding. Yeah, wow. that's pretty that's, wild, isn't that it? That is wild. That's great. But I love my plants. My fake plants died. You know why? Because I didn't pretend to water them. <laughs> don't you hate when you go into somebody's uh, house? You're so funny. Wait, wait. Don't, you're don't such you a funny guy. You're funny. Don't you hate when you go to somebody's house and they have fake plants? It depends on how real well, they look. I know. I mean, but, they don't really bother me. But I got to tell you, a good thing about fake plants, okay, if they don't get any sunlight, at least you have the illusion of having something alive in your apartment or condo or home or whatever. And then when you walk by that fake plant, you feel so stupid because you had to take your fingers and scratch the leaf to see if it was actually real. So if it's that realistic, I say, hey, illusion is okay, too. Just talk to David Copperfield, right? I'm all excited. I bought a, uh, a Meyer lemon plant about two and a half months ago. It was shipped here and didn't look like it was doing good for the first week or two weeks I'd had it. It was losing leaves, turning yellow. So I babied it. I sprayed it every morning with spray. I bought some... Uh, Roundup. <laughs> no, <laughs> I bought some Roundup. No, I bought some fertilizer for a citrus tree and did the directions. You do it four times a year, so I did it once. And this baby, it's got so many blossoms on it. It's ready to pop any day now. They're like little things that are ready to pop, and I'm going to have so many lemons I'm really excited about something like that. You know what they say. What's that? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Right. And send me some of those lemons, would you? Come on. I will. Don't be so stingy with your lemons. You pucker puss, you. (laughs) I will send you a picture of it. It's just ready to burst out. And it's going to make the whole house smell great. Oh, Oh, yeah. You're going to have that lemon pledge smell. Oh, well, I tell you, there's nothing like a good lemon and a little water and ice and little... You're attracted to sour pusses, aren't you? Uh, That's why we hang out together. Yeah. Thomas, you and your wife have to go to Italy and sit down and have a limoncella. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are wonderful. They are. Yeah, but I haven't had one in Italy. I bet they. it's exactly the same thing you would get over here, but they taste so much better at a little sidewalk cafe in Italy, right? Yep. That's right, buddy. See, I know about these things. I can experience these things in my mind as opposed to spending all that money. Oh, buddy. But you spend it on stuff. You bought a $400 toaster. That'd be a ticket to Italy. But the trip, you see, is probably once in a lifetime. But the toaster, that's forever. Think of all those slices. Tom and Mike. Researchers at the Journal of Environmental Health did a study of 1,800 commercial pilots around the world. It was an anonymous study where they asked them different questions, and they found out that one in eight airline pilots, commercial airline pilots, have symptoms of depression and suicide. Book early if you want to make that nice flight, baby. That is sad. It is sad. Well, let's face it. Pilots are just like the rest of the people in the, in the back of the cabin, right? Except their back is in the front. That's right. And plus, these guys, most of these guys got gold-digging wives. They got, got a few they flight attendants. They got gold-digging wives? Well, you know. Why everybody... would you ever come up with a conclusion like that? Well, yeah, he's a pilot, you know. They don't make all that much money. You don't think a commercial no. pilot? No. 
Okay. No, you you are totally off base with that. Where'd you get that info? Well, they got a couple flight attendants on the side. You admit to that? No. No, they don't. They don't. Where do you come up with this stuff? Oh, just I fly no. a lot. No, I see the way they look at those pilots. Those, oh, those come flights. on! <laughs> You're killing me. So if these pilots are depressed, I guess they watch the news just like us, don't they? They got a cool uniform. It's a nice yeah, job. Yeah, but per- they're rebreathing all that air everybody else is breathing. They need to go out to the forest. Or go watch a couple musicals and snap out of it, right? Because we love our musicals, don't we? We do. You know, this probably also applies to taxi drivers, cruise ship captains, horse carriage drivers, and carpool drivers. Everybody that drives something is depressed. We're all depressed. Maybe this explains why they drink so much, those pilots. Gosh, where are you coming up with this stuff? Well, don't you remember a few years ago? Yeah, you're watching bad movies. I mean, don't you always, like when you get on a plane, don't you want your captain to be about like 55, 60 years old, distinguished looking, like he's flown, you know, jets in Vietnam or something, right? I want Sully to be my pilot. I remember once I was flying to visit a friend we were flying from maui to molokai it's about only about a 15 minute flight. you were flying the alphabet that day right and we were only flying about maybe a thousand feet off the ground i was scared my brother and i were in the back there's only like four people on the plane i was so scared there was white caps below us it was a really windy day was it a puddle jumper yes it was a puddle jumper and this pilot was probably 25 years old and i am and really he had no fear right he was picking his fingernails <laughs> and that's when I stopped being scared because if this guy's picking his fingernails while we're crossing this water to go to this Island, I guess I'm okay. But, uh, I'm not the best flyer in the world. Although I don't really mind flying, you know, in a big plane commercial that I've done it many, many, many times. And I've never had, how a, many times have you been in a situation where you said, well, the guy knows what he's doing. I guess I'm going to be okay. Right. Uh, uh Years ago, I had a buddy down in Dallas-Fort Worth, and I went down there on business, and he owned an airplane, and he also owned a a, a ranch uh, in Heiko. Right. I meet up with him at Love Field in Dallas. Dallas, right. And he's got this little Cessna, whatever, little rinky-dink plane, and his ranch is like, you know, 90 miles away, but we could get there in 20 minutes, right? Uh-huh. So... We fly out to his ranch, and he's got a landing strip right on his ranch, right? And we're coming in for a landing, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing, pull up, pull up, pull up. Oh, brother. Yeah, the automatic flight controls on the plane started warning that there was wind shear and the pull up. It was telling you you're going to crash if you don't pull up. So we're coming in for a landing, and suddenly he has to jerk the plane up into the sky because we were going to go straight into the ground. Have you been on a small plane since then? No. There you go. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, buddy. But it teaches you a lesson when you think in the back of your mind, oh, he knows what he's doing. Right. Maybe not. Yeah. Oh, no. You read about him every day crashing, so they don't know what they're doing. I would I mean, never go up on a small yeah, plane. Yeah, and especially when it's windy like that. Oh. And the guy picking his nails going over the ocean, and it's right. windy. Yeah. And you got white caps down below. Yeah. And you're real close to the white caps. Yeah. And he's picking his nails. Yep. Not a good sign. Really? I'm just saying. All right. Tom and Mike. Thieves did a big giant heist. And look, they made off with 20 tons. They broke into a warehouse and they made off with 20 tons of Nutella. Mm. Why is that? Is that uh, something that thieves... Have you ever had it? 
are craving. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. Police say the thieves are believed to be armed and morbidly obese. Mm. I never knew they had to produce such a large jar for that stuff. 20 tons, that's a lot, isn't it? That's a big damn jar. 20 tons of anything will fetch a good price on the open market, don't you think? I guess so, you're right. Yeah, but what makes that so special that you want to steal it? Here's what gets me, Thomas. This ad is running. It's a national ad. I'm sure you've seen it. It's a family. It's an upper middle class family. They're in the kitchen in the morning. They're getting their kids off to school. The mom's got a big smile on her face, and she's making toast and smearing tons of Nutella for their kids to go off in the day to have their you know morning breakfast. Isn't it full of sugar? Yes, it's chocolate. It's chocolate candy. Yeah, that's what it gets me. This commercial now with Nutella. They're putting it on toast and saying, here, kids, here's your breakfast. Now go to school and do good. So whatever happened with these Nutella thieves? Well, police are looking. They're keeping an eye out for big pieces of bread. Big pieces of bread, huh? Yeah, baby. (laughs) You ever put Nutella on a salmon? No. You get salmonella. (laughs) Come on, buddy. I got a million of them. Oh, you do, don't you? (laughs) Am I going to let you do them? No. Tom and Mike.